0: This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by CrudForge. You know CrudForge, Incel Riot Studios, they're one in the same with a new name. But CrudForge is the creator and developer of two amazingly independent and hilarious board games for your table. If you're looking for something a little lighter weight, check out Virtue Signal, the card game. Or if you're looking for something to dig down in and pull out the minis, you've got the Portland Occupied Zone. Both are incredibly tongue-in-cheek and well-produced board games that will allow you to insert yourself into a certain end of the political spectrum with amazingly hilarious comedic results. We cannot recommend both games enough, and not just because they're a sponsor, but because they're good games. Intel Wright actually forwarded us a copy of Portland Occupied Zone, and we have been holding back on doing a formal review because they're our current sponsor but we can't wait and it is certainly something that we can endorse for you to bring to your table go to their website shop.crudforge.com and pick up one or both of their games hey you can get incredible bundles of all of their games all in with all expansions for very little bread and free shipping Shop.crudforge.com. It's the place to outfit your table with their stuff. They support us. You should support them. Now, on with the show. Hey, 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 it is I, Ryan David, and welcome to another weekly fun-filled episode of Nerd Cognito. We're running on all cylinders today. That's right. Vacations are over. Summer is winding down. We are getting inching towards my favorite season of the year, and that's autumn. (sighs) Breathe that fall air that's on the horizon and welcome my good friend, Bert. Hey, Bert, welcome back. Hey, Ryan. Good to be back. How are hey, you doing today? Good. I'm, batteries all recharged from your vacation. Uh, you were down in sunny Key West. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It was great. It was crazy, though. I mean,
1: figures. We book a trip six months in advance. Get down there the weekend. Jimmy Buffett dies. <laughs>
0: Wasting Everything away in Margaritaville, my friend. It finally caught up with, with Jimmy. I was never a huge Buffett fan, but, man, if you don't know his songs and you don't respect the performer that he was... Uh, We were talking about this a couple weeks ago on the speak. Uh, Let me bring in my speak buddy. Hey, Kyle, come on down.
2: Hey, what's going on? I'm running on all cylinders, but I only have one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I am really looking forward to this week being a kick in my ass just for me. Right? I've been running myself ragged. I think we all need another week in Key West. What do you say, Bert? You you buy in?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I would go back for another week in a minute.
0: Uh, The only thing that scares me is South Florida would obligate me and probably you if we were doing a, a group <laughs> trip <laughs> to at least an overnight in sunny Naples at, at, uh, Shea David for, <laughs> for, and I can't do, I can't do the old folks home again. That sounds terrible. I love them dearly, but my parents and I get along so much better when there's about 2000 miles between us. Um, uh, any, any, uh, any fun, trip tidbits that you want to share before we talk about what we have on deck for this week
1: oh everything down there was great um there's a lot more museums than you think to see down there the beaches are beautiful um did have one funny thing happen? planned a whole day of fishing the last day that i was going to be there Chartered a boat went to go out transmission blew on the boat i had to get towed back in (laughs) didn't get to do any fishing at all
0: that's a bummer. You were really looking forward to that, too, because we had talked both on and off the air about it. So.
1: Right. Right. I'm a big fishing guy, big outdoors guy. <sighs> I did a lot of a lot of time wandering around and on the beach. But the one time I got to go fishing, boat broke down. Now, nah, what
0: do what, do? what a what a stinking bummer, man. <sighs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's, let's let's do it. If nothing else, well, maybe maybe we could host like I, I don't know. I was going to say a cruise, but the reality of it is we'll probably have some sort of Northeastern OSR gaming convention. I've been talking to some of the creators that are in our ballpark area and, uh, uh, more than one of them are interested in possibly jumping on board, sponsoring something like that. And it's not going to be grandiose. It's not going to be big. So, um, we're we're thinking about doing something like that in the Northeast, possibly calendar year twenty twenty four. But uh, right now, that's that's all it is is it's it's talk over beer, and and that doesn't always materialize, unfortunately. Um, we could
2: probably do a uh, we could probably do a cruise. But we'd have to use Bert's boat with the busted transmission.
0: (laughs) 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 We'll just build a raft and have a tow rope. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Get a
2: soccer ball, name Uh, him Wilson. (laughs) You
0: can't name him Wilson. We gotta have a better name than Wilson. Uh, I can throw out a bunch of really good names, but they would get us in trouble. So let me just talk about <laughs> what we're gonna look out. Well, they have more personality, don't you know? Um, <laughs> this week, we're 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 gonna talk about something that I think, as a dungeon master, does not get the love that it deserves. And that is the swarm, the horde, the massive amounts of enemies coming at your party that act either intentionally as one or instinctively as one. So we're going to talk about swarms and hordes this week. Um, we're going to talk about a little personal problem. <laughs> Kyle, I, I, I want to level with you. <laughs> god okay i have a performance problem (laughs) (laughs) i i I haven't been able to game for three weeks and and Uh some of that is is because you know by the time it's gaming time i'm just not (laughs) up to the job (laughs) so we're going to talk about something that that gets poked fun of a lot because oh you might have a d Ginny. That, uh, <laughs> see, see what I did there? The gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that is experiencing burnout. Oh my goodness. I'm burned out. I'm burned out. Shout out to double D our dear friend and now YouTube compatriot that did a spectacular expose on Ginny D using her own words. Um, I'm not bitching about burnout. I'm having a hard time getting back to the table because of, life and you know the physical need to sleep and um, just motivation right it's been three weeks i know uh-huh. i need it for myself but i can't do it and now i'm in this rut where i can't get motivated to force myself to do it we're looking at a game night for us coming up in a couple of days right Bert? yeah uh, this week and a eh, week i could go to bed instead and I want you to, to help me not want to go to bed <laughs> instead. Um, so we'll talk about that. Bert, Kyle, my Dungeon yes. Master compadres, why the hell aren't people using more swarms?
1: Oh, well, I mean, the swarm has always been kind of a staple of things, but they can be uh, a bit fiddly to deal with. You know, the uh, your average party isn't really built for swarm fighting. A lot of people will tailor encounters more towards their party, more towards their players than the environment, which sometimes means swarms and hordes get left by the wayside. They do. I love swarms.
0: I love hordes. You've got an army of undead marching towards you. Sure, they only have two hit points, but there's 10 of them, 15 of them, 20 of them. And what's that thing in the back? I don't know. It's a giant shadowy figure, and it looks like he's playing some sort of musical instrument. And when he does a flourish with his instrument, the entire mass of humanity shifts and does the same thing. How can you not love a horde? How can you not love a swarm? It's something that people don't prepare for, both on the Dungeon Master side of the screen and on the player side of the screen. I love Swarms. It's so outside the box, but it needs to be a part of the regular box. Uh, They're unpredictable. Like you said, the average adventurer isn't prepped for them, and it forces the players to really think about other factors. Instead of min-maxing a stat on a, specific power or feat or spell they now have to think about the things that logically make more sense for the encounter what's the environment what's the climate what can i do to leverage some sort of advantage in this situation
2: well say that's your first problem you want the you want people at the table to think but
0: that's not a problem for our segment <laughs> I mean, it might be for them but it's not for our guys
2: by any do, means do you, do you think that it's a problem with uh intimidation and and okay so hordes should be intimidating you know from your pc's point of view your 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 fighters out there and oh my god here come 50 zombies or or whatever you know what, what am i going to do but they're also intimidating um from a mechanics point of view running the game and you almost need something to you need something like a scarlet heroes kind of thing where the where the pcs can do hit dice damage instead of hit points because otherwise you know the dm doesn't want to roll 50 20 sided dice no i i hear who hits and who doesn't
0: but this is where the beauty and flexibility of the hobby comes in when I run a swarm, I run it as a single, solitary monster. You know, it is a swarm. Right. It might cover an entire swath of area. So everybody's engaged with it, but I'm running it as a monster. And then thematically, as you whittle away at that monster's hit points, right? Because hit points hit points are the great gag reel of all tabletop role-playing. Uh-huh. They're so yeah. abstract, right? They are just a representation of the willingness of a body to continue to go. And that body, in this case, is made up of 700 millipedes. And (laughs) you laugh, but they're great. Um, Imagine if you have a player that on your consent checklist, they told you we don't want to have any insects that have more legs than six. And you had a millipede swarm, and you described how the millipedes were penetrating every crack <laughs> in the armor. They could feel them trying to probe through the orifices like ear holes. Oh, easy, it's tiger. Easy. Yeah. E- easy tiger, easy, easy
2: tiger, down boy, down boy.
0: Jenny D's burning out already on this one. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I, I like think swords. I think hordes
2: are. Yeah, hordes are great. I mean, and they're kind of a staple of, the, of fantasy literature and even fantasy movies and stuff. But and nobody even, uses
0: them anymore.
2: And nobody, and nobody uses them. Yeah. Everybody's worried about the big bad. The big bad.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what's a big um, bad? Imagine a horde of flying insectoid rust monster esque creatures. That's frightening.
2: Especially yeah, if you start mentioning uh, if you start mentioning holes and orifices again, I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> but uh. now, I mean,
1: I'll, I'll tell you what I can go either way with uh, swarms on how I run them. Like some swarms are meant to be played as a creature. Like you guys remember brain rats? Yes. The more that we're in the swarm, the smarter the swarm was, and the more abilities they had, and the more you willed away at it, the dumber it got
0: until um, it was nothing but a line base instinctual rats or or series right. of rats right
1: right so those the hordes like that have always fascinated me for uh regular like hordes and swarms treating them like a creature but there's something kind of cool about you know taking a a horde of small creatures with the squeeze mechanic and you know you've got you know a hundred of them crammed into a cave like it's it's uh it's meant to you know make a point and present an image and it really does.
0: Yeah. Who doesn't want a clown car full of on kegs?
1: <laughs> they <laughs> know, I just keep fucking coming, man.
0: <laughs>
1: talking like wildlings or something like that. Like that where they're, you know, you're not going to have a swarm of on kegs.
0: <laughs> I did
2: once. So, <laughs> so, so, so what would you, what, give me, look, just kind of to quantify these things. What do you consider a horde? Like how many does it take? Of something and and does that vary from creature type to creature type so how many creatures say how many troglodytes you love troglodytes i do love troglodytes too how many troglodytes would constitute a horde
0: uh it's not a quantitative thing that constitutes a horde it's it's does it act singularly even though it might be taking multiple actions against multiple targets does it act singularly so i look at hordes as um, almost like a hive mind, right? Okay. So, if I am running a group of monsters, so uh, what are we going to call this group? Troglodytes. A group of troglodytes. <laughs> if I'm using troglodytes, and let's say I'm, it's a uh, barracks of. Look at me, dungeon mastering on the fly. So we walk into a barracks. It's a bunch of trainee. Troglodytes that are going into the troglodyte army. They are okay. um, attacking and defending as one unit, even though it's possibly made up of 12 troglodytes, right? And as yeah. we hack bits and pieces off of that, thematically troglodytes are dropping off of the unit. But, okay. um, you know, they're doing their shield walls. They're doing their coordinated aggressive forward movements
2: uh, they're flanking
0: they they are they are yeah. and, and and that a swarm doesn't have to be or a horde doesn't have to be insects or zombies it's just any group of interesting monsters that are more of a hive mind mentality than something else. And, of course, we have the textbook hordes. We have the textbook swarms. But, man, when you make your own and and you see your players' faces as they're trying to figure out what strategy can we use knowing what we know about this monster, you just put teeth in a troglodyte again when a normal, let's say, 11th-level party would laugh at okay i'm gonna throw six troglodytes at you (laughs) okay i'm gonna throw three troglodyte squadrons at you now it's more of a problem
2: Mm -hmm. yeah see in my mind the horde thing i would go back to you know i'm an old school guy so i'm going back to old school rules and i'm thinking about uh some of the stuff said in the ad and d dungeon master's guide by by gary that uh you know, you can you can scale things to like ten to one. Right. Or or even or even more and, and to get that same effect. So I, I think we're basically coming at it from the same or the end result will be the same. We're coming at it from two different paths. Um, yeah, maybe.
0: That's fair. Bert, what was your favorite horde player or DM that you either had thrown at you or threw at a group?
1: Hmm. I did a, it wasn't really like a dungeon crawl. It was more like a cavern explorer set up for a campaign that I had. And like literally the, uh, a horde of uh, like goblins just kind of like surged up out of the, uh, out of the cave and was like filling every like crack and crevice they had. I used the squeeze mechanic. So like literally you had dozens of goblins all crammed into this one little space, just kind of boiling up out of around the party. When they went to explore this cave, now goblins by themselves, everybody knows them, everybody laughs, you know, oh goblins are you know overused or cliched, but when you've got a hundred of them like boiling up out of the ground, it's uh it it uh it sets
0: people back it does it does, Kyle, do you have a memorable one?
2: uh, you know it's to be quite honest, I don't know that we ever used them that much but but see so uh, you're part of the what, problem, well yeah. <laughs> What, but what Bert, uh, you know, Bert just talked about, it reminds me of the mines and Moria scene in Jackson's Lord of the Rings. And it also reminds me, uh, the whole talk about hordes and your discussion earlier about the dark figure that, you know, he waves his arms and the whole mass moves as a cohesive unit. That's reminds me of game of thrones, which I know you haven't watched, but there, there is a particular scene. And in both those instances, the thing that strikes me the most is that the protagonists run. They fight only when they have to, in order to keep trying to evade the horde. They do not stand and fight. Um, it's because they're
0: fucking smart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Howard, Howard's Howard's Conan aside, you know, you don't wade into the middle of that and start swinging your sword in, you know, or your axe you you need to get the hell out of there and regroup and get to some place where you can find that advantage uh that you need in order to win
0: yeah the the horde is almost an environmental block right nope can't go that way there's fucking 500 zombies there Uh, it doesn't matter
2: i do remember one horde from way back in the day uh with an early uh dm And we actually used the uh, the 300 Battle of Thermopylae approach, where we found a choke point where there could only be only a few could get through at a time, and uh, and you know we we kind of took them on there for a while to kind of make a stand. Um, I do not remember how that turned out. I know some PCs die. I know some PCs die.
0: Yeah, well, as well, they probably should have because you don't fight them unless. <laughs> really, when you have a swarm or a horde, unless you have no option, you should get the hell out of dodge. Um, my, or one of my favorites, I don't know, it's kind of an oddball monster. If uh, you guys remember the Dust Diggers. They were a Forgotten Realms monster. It was pretty much a desert mm-hmm. starfish, only they were huge, right? It was, think of like the Skalag pit in, in uh, Star Wars. Okay. That would have been their mouth with, with these tendrils. So they were these giant starfish, but they were, according to the lore, supposed to be fairly commonplace in the deserts and the realms. And I said, well, these are just the big ones that made it. And I had a a juvenile or, you know, whatever I called it at the time, I don't remember, but it was a, a swarm of juvenile dust diggers. And they were the size of a regular starfish, but they would cling and bite on to whatever was going through them. And so, you know, Desert Tempest, they traveled in the winds of the desert and there was, it was just a massive thing of killer fucking starfish. That were death by a thousand paper cuts, and I almost TPK'd the party with that with that swarm. Uh, I think only that's nine. a really uh,
2: amaz- that's that's a really amazing idea. You kind of took the 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 sea turtle egg approach to the giant starfish. You're, okay, there's a hundred of them, but only one or two will actually make it to maturity, that's, right? Because they
0: they have to come I, from somewhere. And, I did that, and I I remember distinctively the the digger because. I was challenged at that time by a DM and another group. We, we tried to find the most ridiculous and easily avoided enemy and, and throw it out there. And he was like, you know, this is, it, it's, it's really visual if you picture what's going on in your party. Oh no, we're falling into this giant maw, but how easy would it be just to step around it? Cause they're common, right? They're all over the desert. They don't really hide. Um, they're kind of hiding in plain sight. And I said, "Well, I got away." <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> news for the party was they didn't have to look for the big one; they just had to look for the thousands of little ones that were coming at them. And that was my most memorable swarm slash horde slash whatever, whatever. It just you want to uh,
1: you want to hear something <laughs> silly? I I was in a party and we got attacked by a by a, a horde of
0: flumps. I remember you telling me this. Yeah. <laughs> Evil. Do you flumps. remember
1: flumps? Remember flumps? Yeah, yeah they're, they're fart-powered
0: like, jellyfish. <laughs> right?
1: They, they, they're they're little flying leathery-skinned jellyfish that are mostly.
0: Oh, they're you know, so cute now, Bert. They're, the flumps are. I just want to tell you that the <laughs> flump is now one of the cute things that the, the, all the little Sparkle trolls. They just they, they, they want to take them home and make them pets with their pet demons. We talked about pet <laughs> demons this week on on the swarm. Yeah, now the uh, flump is is very common because it's so cute.
1: But yeah, we got we got attacked by a horde of at one point.
0: <laughs> I did. You see, said it. You I said, said, it. said it a long time
2: it, ago. A long time ago. I caught it. I caught it this time. I'm proud of myself. Uh, his name is Bruce eh. <laughs>
1: you guys <laughs> St-
0: staying, on, staying on message Dungeons and Dragons adds the first autistic character in the canon in the upcoming book of many things I'm sure we have all heard of this. I'll stop that. (laughs) mute. I've got no idea. Well, uh, this is perfect. Bert, you have no horse in this race. Um, Tell me about the deck of many things.
1: Uh, It's a difficult uh, magical item. It's problematic for a lot of reasons, but the... uh, by problematic, I mean as the DM, it really like it makes things difficult for you to adapt on the fly because it can do so many different things. But the deck of many things is basically a high-powered magical item where you would draw a card from the deck and each card has different effects. And some are good,
0: some are bad, some are really, really bad. Pretty much an um, artifact-powered tarot deck, right? Pretty close, uh, do you remember any of the lore surrounding the creation of these decks? Oh, I haven't read
1: that particular magical <laughs> item in
0: years. No, I don't. Well, uh, let me remind you that they were originally created in the Empire of Nethro, right? hmm And after the fall of that empire, the surviving decks got like magnified in power. And there were only a handful of them that had, had survived and they were this all-powerful all artifact. Uh, blah, 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 yakety-smackety. Well, not wanting to waste an opportunity for woke credits, the Deck of Many Things has been retconned to be created by the first canonically autistic character in Dungeons & Dragons lore. That's right, an Aspie has made your Deck of Many Things. Okay, Look. I'm not going to bag on folks with autism, but I am going to say, how fucking transparent does wizards need to continue to be before people wake up? And I will say this too. uh, Nerd Cognito, I I like to say this, kind of broke the angst so I don't want to say we broke the story, but we broke the counter story, right? We, we started the, the cycle of angry autistic folks on Twitter. <laughs> I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But no, Bert, don't, this is positive. They recognize that this is nothing but wizards abusing their condition. So good for them. Now, of course... That's, those are just grognords those are not real autistic people you gotta realize my mom gave me 18 autistic diagnoses to make me special um those folks think that this is great it's wonderful but i think the veil has come down it's been down for our end of the hobby but now it's coming down for the folks that are caught in the middle and people are really looking at this and saying, this is nothing but a wag the dog by wizards to get some woke credit.
1: Yeah, I mean, the question is, you know, the, the at least for me is, you know, what's representation and what's, you know, just trying to grab uh, cash grab a community.
0: You know what I mean? I fully, fully yeah. agree with you. Um, and, yeah, and this, it's both. <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle.
2: Uh, my biggest problem with the whole thing has nothing to do with autistic people or even autistic characters. It has to do with the fact that they're completely retconning forty-plus years of lore. Oh, that you know, bothers, Kyle that has already said that if
0: it's prior to 2014, it doesn't exist in the development. That was a different sphere. Kyle.
2: That was a different Kyle. Not
0: that was a different Kyle, right? That was that was white guys need to exit the hobby real real quick, Kyle. Not you, Kyle.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I know, I know, but I and just because he says that doesn't make it true.
0: But he's the boss Damn of I'm the crying. people that are making the game, so that does make it true in Wizards Land.
2: Well, I don't like Wizards Land.
0: They don't give a fuck though, and they own the IP, <laughs> and that's my problem that's my problem yeah. anyway it's it's yeah, and I'm, i don't know why we're I mean, surprised I'm one,
1: those, I'm one of those people that's you know representation in media in games you know being able to see yourself in characters and things like that is great but when it's just a blatant cash grab you know it's it's is it really representation then
0: no no it's not it's exploitation not representation
2: exactly exactly representation is fine as long as it makes sense and you don't retcon 40 years of lore
0: i so. cast potato on thee said the paladin <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay i'm getting yeah. i'm gonna get in trouble so i'm gonna read the next order. uh <clears throat> oh jesus i can't do two sparkle trolls back to back let's switch this up um <laughs> i i i i uh, i've got a lot of sparkle want- troll shit this week. Um,
2: <laughs> Sorry. Keep going.
0: Oh, Pelgrane Press has announced Trail Trail of Cthulhu second edition. How about that? That's, that's about as far away from, I mean, it is Pelgrane. I like Pelgrane. I give them a pass. They are a midsize studio just trying to get by and doing what they need to do. I know that they have, some some moments but again in this hobby now where can we find a major studio that is going to go against the grain of what is perceived to be the main audience so um um, anybody actually read the first edition trail of Cthulhu outside of me?
2: No, I didn't. I actually, I have, and I've always wanted to, it's something that's like kind of been on the list and I've just never gotten to it.
0: It, it runs gumshoe, right?
2: Right. Yeah.
0: And, um, gumshoe's all right. I don't have a problem with it. Um,
2: it's all right. It's an old established system. It seems like it's okay.
0: Well, details are thin. They're, Um, has been a little bit of preview art that has been released. It's what you would expect. It's dark and Lovecraftian, which is good. Um, (laughs) uh, It's been their flagship sort of horror property for a long time. And Uh um, shit, it's going on, what, 15 years? It's time for an upgrade. So I am keeping tabs on this, uh, trail of Cthulhu second edition might be a winner. We'll we'll have to wait and see so far. Yeah. Nothing to steer me off this course. And we know I've been looking for something Lovecraftian And as we get closer to Halloween,
2: this is true. <laughs>
0: of course. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, Speaking of Halloween, I've got a mini-list, Bert. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. It is the best HP Lovecraft-inspired tabletop games. All right. Okay. Okay. Again, by the pop gaming media, at the top of the list is Dungeons & Dragons. Come on, people. Come on.
1: That's not that's not a lovecraft based game oh that's it's why this is a,
0: that's why this is a list that we're actually talking about because it's completely and totally full of shit <laughs> yeah uh, the second item in the list is pathfinder <laughs> uh also not Lovecraft. And more high more high fantasy
2: uh there are me-
1: certain things that they develop that have cosmic horror elements but primarily that's a high fantasy game
2: me- I, I mean i I see if like Dungeons and Dragons, if you go back to the old early days, there were some Lovecraft influences in there. I mean, that's, that's acknowledged. I could kind of maybe see that argument if you're talking 1979 Dungeons and Dragons, but today I'm sorry. I don't know on Pathfinder. That's like, no, no, just no, just no, Ryan,
0: just because there's a tentacled monster or a mind flayer doesn't make it Lovecraftian. It makes that monster Lovecraftian, but it's not a... Remember, title of the article, Best TTRPGs for Halloween Inspired by Lovecraft. Okay.
2: Yeah, okay. Sorry, <clears throat> keep going. Mini list.
0: Gloomhaven. No! No. No. no there are really? There are a handful of Lovecraftian scenarios. Yes. Okay, and then we're going to phone it in at the end here. Uh, Call of Cthulhu. Of course. Right? Wait a minute. That's... I mean, thematically great, mechanically
1: abysmal. Call of Cthulhu is so hard to play.
0: It It is. It is. Is but that number five? It, it's an unordered list. It,
2: okay. Th- okay.
0: I mean, okay. I'm reading them close to in order, but they don't have them ranked, right? It's just a list of shit. Okay, Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Alien. The tabletop role playing game. Mm,
2: I know, right? I uh, actually no. I kind of I could kind of see that.
1: That's that comes closer. I mean, you've got sort of dark, shadowy envirom- environments. You've got you know unknown creatures that don't care about humanity at all. I could see a case being made for that being sort of on the border of Lovecraft. Well, it's alien Alien was
2: highly alien the the original movie i mean that that script Mm -hmm. that was highly highly influenced by uh mountains of madness i believe wasn't it
0: to an extent but when we look at the core xenomorph right it is a weapon of war even in the original in the original Uh film um it, it is a manufactured good it is not a whim of a cosmic entity. So, um, I I, I don't know.
2: I still might disagree with you. It feels like it could be, but it's not right. Well, other than call of Cthulhu, it's the closest one they've named, right?
0: Well, you know, that's the same thing as saying a mouth is a mouth
2: or the bravest (laughs) Frenchman. Yeah. Okay.
0: And then the last one is Arkham horror third edition, the board game. Haven't played it.
2: But I assume
0: Arkham Horror. Uh, Arkham it's, Horror is Lovecraftian. Right. Right. right yeah, and and it's a it, spectacular it board game, by the way. Um we haven't played it for a while. Maybe, maybe we we pull it out this 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 week, Bert. What do you say? Arkham Horror? I'm always up for Arkham Horror. I mean it it
1: doesn't take any longer to set up than Twilight Imperium. No, it takes about <laughs> <a> half.
0: <laughs> uh oh, fucking Twilight Imperium, man. You're not, I played you're that not over the weekend. Made, All right, you're not Kyle selling me that. Music or Sparkle Trolls? Music or Sparkle Trolls? Music. All right, we, we alluded to this, but I was on location on the speakeasy that we talked about it on. So the speakeasy immediately preceding our YouTube debut i alluded to it but i didn't have my notes or anything in front of me um the killers release new single then immediately cancel album uh, <laughs> so yeah. i stuck this into the news because a i am a mark for the killers and brandon flowers and b um, we got some some feedback that folks wanted to know more and you know Google apparently eludes them, so here we are. That's okay. I'm happy to fill that void. Um, They did release the single Your Side of Town, which was the single on the new album that then got yanked. Brandon Flowers said, nope. Uh, Quote, halfway through the recording, I realized I can't do this. I don't think you'll see us making this type of music anymore. This is the crisis that I'm in. The killers are my identity and our songs fill the seats, but I'm more fulfilled making music like Pressure Machine, which was their last uh, LP. And I thought it was pretty good. Obviously, your side of town doesn't sound like a lot of what was on Pressure Machine. I found myself writing it and that was strong. This was the guy I'd been looking for. I'm as proud as hot fuss as you can be for something that you did when you were 20, but I'm not 20. So I'm thinking about the next phase of my life. So there's two ways you can read this. And one of them is very sad and that this is the death of the killers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if Brandon flowers is going to abandon the girl that got them to the dance, Even though pressure machine as a killers fan was good. People want to hear what they want to hear. Right. Uh, The other thing is they're just in a creative crisis right now and they don't know what to do, which is less bad than, than the first scenario. I don't want to dwell Mm -hmm. on it. We don't talk music a lot, but I know Kyle, you said you like the
2: killers. So I threw it in there. I do like the killers. And and to be honest with you, your first scenario is that's, that's that was what jumped into my head first. Yeah,
0: come on, guys, um, suck it up, 45. play Mr. Brightside, and get the fuck out of town. <laughs> 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 you know, we always joke for our last story about the Tiefling barista, right? Well, Coffee and Chaos lets your Dungeons and Dragons characters run a cafe. <laughs> And uses cutlery instead of dice. Give your heroic adventurers a stressful day job in food management. I'm not making this up. Do your tabletop characters want to run a cozy but hectic cafe instead of delving into another monster and trap-filled dungeon? No. Would you rather wrangle a broken espresso machine instead of an ornery bugbear? No. Save those healing spells for the customer who ate five croissants in two minutes. No. I can't tell if it is 100% tongue-in-cheek or not. It's definitely some satire. But the problem is, is it Sparkle Troll Ha Ha? Or is it we're making fun of them? Either way, the folks aren't buying it. (laughs) Instead of creating new characters, Coffee and Chaos walks players through translating a fantasy hero's abilities, stats, and spells into food service-appropriate talents. Good God. The wizard can levitate ingredients from the top shelf. The bard can calm the rush of customers. Uh, the fighter will <laughs> subdue the mimic masquerading as a milk steamer. I'm not making this up. Players oh, use God. a cutlery-based system of knives, forks, and spoons as resource tokens.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, uh, all all well, I take needed to... Take
2: it- Flops, flops, tea house.
1: You guys, I mean, not not probably not the adventure I would choose to play in. Not but the
2: adventure
0: anybody is choosing to play in.
1: Somebody is if there's a system for it.
0: No, it's an Itchio no. game. It is not necessarily a. Playable thing. Let's see. Okay. 15 bucks digital.
2: No, just no. Okay. Birds say no. Like
0: Hold said, on to bird. your balls, First
2: Kyle. <laughs> What's that?
0: Hold on to your balls. This thing funded with 5,000 great British pounds and 192 backers.
1: See, told you someone's playing it.
2: I'm speechless funded (laughs) I'm spaceless Uh,
0: and you're giving me a hard time about AI art in auras get fucked that's the news Uh, let me pull out my fork which indicates that I'm going to use a creative approach to solving this problem
2: get fucked Ugh. How about I get out my spatula and beat the shit out of you with it? How about that? <laughs>
0: I need something to calm me down, and nothing will calm me down better than talking about someone that is very important to our show. I'm trying, to Sin. I'm breathing here. <laughs> Cinnamander <laughs> is ours. <Check laughs> Mark, <he rolls. clears throat> oh, my God. God, Uh, Thank you, Cinemander. Uh, Checkmark Hero is a vastly important role that very, very limited folks have an opportunity to step up for. Um, It's not hard. It only costs you eight bucks, and then you provide the checkmark for the Nerd Cognito Twitter account for a month on Twitter. Well, our friend Cinemander has provided the Checkmark Hero for the next couple of months, and we are sincerely grateful uh he went to nerdcognito.com sent us eight bucks clicked on the link that said be a checkmark hero and said hey i like the show i want to do what i can and it is sincerely appreciated (sighs) coffee baristas and all i'm i'm I'm, I'm, I'm having ptsd um but you guys without a doubt uh I, i i i Cannot say how much we value our. Check hero. So even when I'm having a stroke about some stupid itchio game <laughs> that produced some significant dollars, uh, you know, five grand—not life-changing money—but there are designers that would dream of getting five grand. That I know that put their heart, soul into a game, instead of a leaflet that you. Play with fucking silverware. I need to stop. I need to stop. (sighs) Breathe, Ryan. Breathe. Well, tell me how the hell I'm going to game. So here's here's my quandary, Bert, right? I have been swamped with life. And, um, you know, we've had vacations. And then we had some sicknesses. Uh, We had one week when we were gaming when, you know... Uh, be honest, what the fuck do I care? I uh, had a MS relapse and I could hardly walk that day. So I wasn't going to have you guys, uh, you know, experience me at my worst. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Imagine that. Uh, so it's it's been about three weeks since I've had a real opportunity outside of playtest groups to do any gaming. And here's my quandary. Much like Ginny D... I'm a little burned out, but I'm burned out on the idea of coming back just because all of those pressures and stresses still exist. But unlike Ginny D, I am not running for therapy at the coffee shop from the fucking tiefling. I am really eager to get back, but I'm also seeing the writing on the wall. This week ain't going to be any easier. How do I set myself up so that, short of physically not being able to do it, I have the gumption to follow through? Um, Because I want a game, but I also know that come Friday night, I could be dead in a shed. So, am I conveying where my feelings are and how I'm kind of stuck? Like, I want a game, but I'm also like, oh it would be nice to sit in my underwear on the couch for five hours and do nothing. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm with you on it actually, because I mean, I haven't had the chance either pretty much about the same length of time that you have for different reasons, but I haven't really had much time to, uh, to focus on doing any sort of gaming or really anything related to it. I mean, hell, I haven't even been on X formerly known as twitter that much honestly yeah twitter machine um, has
0: been pretty dull uh, as and,
2: of and I, yeah and i also i also feel that lack of motivation myself it's like i you know we showed it on this on the speakeasy that uh, you know i got some stuff in the mail and i'm excited about that i'm gonna read through it when i can and that's the thing it's when i can it's like i'm not motivated to read through it like you know right tomorrow
0: well i i i'm living it man i'm living it man all right yeah. bert your good time is actually at stake sell me
1: well i mean i i don't have that problem uh, the day after i got back from key west i was at a birthday party playing twilight imperium for five and a half hours <laughs> i mean i'm a member Only of like, yeah it actually they were like oh yeah they, they must were not been following players, the rules
0: so.
1: So. <laughs> now we follow the rules stem to stern but they were uh experienced players so that makes a difference like you know for new players it's gonna take a lot longer to get used to it but you know for me i'm a member of you know four or five different gaming groups i'm always up for a game you know uh sometimes real life interferes but i don't think that i get that sort of burned out feeling that you guys are talking about i'm i almost reward myself with game days i'm like oh got to get through work this week, you know, all I got to do is make it till Friday and then it'll be, you know, time for a board game or time to sit down with my friends and crack open a beer. You know,
0: that's, game days are my reward. Yeah. I want to be clear. Yeah. It's not like burnout because Cause
2: I, right. the last it thing, I want, that's what I was going to say.
0: The last thing I want people to do is say, well, you, you bag on Ginny all the time and now you're saying the same shit as her. I'm not saying the same shit as her. I want to get to that table. I I just, I'm having a hard time justifying the motivation versus sleep.
1: (laughs) And, and I mean, maybe you have to build it up a little bit in your head, Ryan. What if you, what if you're putting your favorite board game on the table on Uh. Friday night?
2: Or what about this? What about this, Ryan? Let's, let's say this Friday you make it a shorter game. You, you find a, a, a nice board game. That's short, fast, sweet, uh, set it up it Thursday night so it's
0: ready to go. Because that will right, help me with motivation. I've done that in the past too.
2: Doesn't doesn't take as much uh you know, maybe not as complicated rules or something like just something easier. I mean, you know, I'm not saying you gotta play Yahtzee, but uh <laughs> it's an idea.
0: No, I and and uh it's funny because earlier in the show I said, hey Bert, let's uh, let's throw Arkham Horror on the table. That would be a good choice because Everybody knows how to play it. We've played it multiple times before, mm-hmm. and it would just be a quick refresh, and we're right back into it. Um, yeah, I think I think as much as anything else, it's it's just the the prep. The game room has also become like my second office now because I've had so much shit going on at work that uh, the game table has just become this depository too. So it's not burnout. Maybe jesus christ i'm fucking lazy (laughs) i I, I don't characterize myself as lazy often uh especially when it comes to like work but maybe maybe i'm being a lazy gamer uh, as of late is that possible It's entirely
2: possible.
0: Maybe I'm working so hard that I don't want to put more effort in. And I'm I'm not honing my work-life balance. I need to work 18.5 hours at Target. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I sometimes sometimes wish I could work 18.5 hours at Target and be satisfied. But I know that that would never happen. That would never happen. Um, Maybe you
2: should also try something, you know, maybe a smaller group. Pull, it, pull out your dark pull out your return to dark tower game man play that one
0: we could do that as well that's good but yeah. i tend to spend september and october outside of whatever wow. we're role playing just dredging up the the horror themed board games because um, of of all of my board games those are my favorite i guess okay. themes yeah. so yeah. um yeah. let me see. We could break out Sleeping Gods. We could break out Sleeping Gods. That's right there. You guys can see it. Uh, Yep. The the folks on the podcast will just have to visualize it. But I am just quickly looking through just one of the shelves here, and I can say horror-themed board games, Horrified, Shining Jaws, Big Book of Madness, we could lose a dead of winter or ghost stories again unfathomable ghost stories dead of winter white chapel uh we have lots of options abomination my father's work oh my father's work would be a good op- good one too we've only played that a handful of times um true i've got so many so so many <laughs> it's the genre that i like and I only looked over one shoulder instead of looking at the big wall.
2: <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, are you I, feeling Are you feeling more inspired, though, man? Just looking at your collection. Maybe you should do that. Maybe ask you me take, Thursday
0: night. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should Maybe you night. should
2: take fifteen minutes and just walk around and look at the big shelf and look at the small shelf and look at all the other shelves and. Look at all the games that you've got, and would be like, you know what? I haven't played that in a while. I think I, I, think I want to. I there's a game
0: that doesn't get any love, that I think is spectacular. It's called City of Horror. It is a uh, zombie apocalypse survival scenario, but not Zombicide. It's you need okay. to. Um, it, it's half negotiation, half. Screw your neighbor. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's always fun. Um, but it, no, that but can the, be fun. The mechanics work out so well because it is what a real life, you're trapped on a city block, you need to get out sort of thing would be. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we're not going to fight this zombie horde. We're going to decide who we're going to throw into the zombie horde to distract them so that the rest of us can continue. It's it's what humans would actually do, and I, I really like that game. Um, it does require exactly four players. I mean, you could play it with three, and I think there's a three-player variant, but it's really good with four, and you need four players that are not going to get their feelings hurt because people done going to get their feelings hurt. It's not diplomacy, but it's close.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so... You want you want to end a few friendships? Break out diplomacy.
0: I love diplomacy, but that that doesn't surprise anybody here. <laughs> um, I am looking at the clock, gentlemen, and it, uh, it's looking like it's time to go. So, here's what I yeah. want everybody to do: if you're listening to this before the Friday of the week that we drop this episode, shoot me some words of encouragement to so stay the course and make the game night happen. Uh, you can do that at I hate Ryan David on Twitter. You can shoot Kyle words of encouragement or convince him that he should just raz my ass about it at <laughs> dying breed TT on Twitter. And you can remind the nerd Cognito Twitter account and the ladies that run that, that they should be kicking me in the balls to get my gaming done at nerd Cognito. Can't do anything with Bert because Bert's smart and stays <laughs> off of social media. Um, That's right. Other things that are of, of, very, very large importance. If you were in the Nerd Cognito Nation but sleeping under a rock this week, you might have missed the fact that we have launched the official Nerd Cognito YouTube channel. Yes, hell hath frozen over. Um, right now, because YouTube is such a metriced environment. The one thing we need from you to do is if you have a Google account or if you have 10 Google accounts, go to the Nerd Cognito channel and give it a subscribe. There you'll be able to find the speakeasy streaming every Saturday along with archives of the speak and archives of this, the big show. Uh, The big show archives are going to be delayed between two and six weeks. You'll never get the same the week of show on YouTube, but it is a great repository for those of you that are new to Nerd Cognito. In fact, we've really gained a couple of folks that said, hey, uh, I'm glad you're here. I love the show, blah, blah, blah. Um, And we welcome Mm -hmm. them aboard. Uh, But following us on the podcast provider of your choice, to make sure you get this show is the first step. And then making sure you have the subscription on the new YouTube is the second. Kyle, am I forgetting anything?
2: Shoot us an email. Let us know what you think. Give us some, uh, you know, give us your thoughts. Yeah. If you want to throw rotten food at us, you can do that virtually.
0: Shh, 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 shh. Don's listening. all right (laughs) there you go don we're making you famous two shows in a row um (laughs) anybody in ttrpg twitter land knows exactly who don is and no one wants to invite him to a cocktail party all right my friends that is it it's time for us to wrap this show up thank you again so much do all of the things follow us at the podcast provider of your choice subscribe on youtube Do the Twitter machine things and know that we sincerely appreciate and respect each and every one of you that tune in every single week. My name is Ryan David. Thank you for listening this week. I was joined by Kyle and Bert, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody.
2: I'm still trying to do the math on how many legs 7,000 millipedes have.